Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil, and I'm your hostess for today, and I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Rebecca Brumbaugh, and she's going to be introduced in just a second here. Uh, Looking great, Rebecca. I want everybody to meet her. Rebecca is a long-term care specialist, and not only does she know everything you need to know about long-term care, I'm actually one of her clients, and I really learned a lot from Rebecca about how important it is to get long-term care when you're in your 40s and 50s, younger, to establish a plan for the long haul, keeping money in the bank in the event that something happens that you could be using for living the good life. And Rebecca is just amazing. She's an incredible, good person. And I'm so excited to introduce to all of you, Rebecca Brumbaugh. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you, Erin. I'm so glad you're joining us today. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to make the time. So Rebecca, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me your background. How did you get into long-term care? Well, I took the long road. Um, I went through many ideas of professions, stockbroker for years, and then I felt like I needed to go to help the universe by going uh, working for nonprofits. So I did that for a long time. And then I wanted to combine those two capacities is more business and more caring. And I came through with long-term care, which feels exactly perfect. Right. So, you know, in terms of doing long-term care, how specifically did you find that? You know, obviously you're, I know you're working in the nonprofit sector and of course you're giving back, but of course everybody's looking to figure out how to sustain their life, right? And to be able to still make money while doing good. Why did you pick long-term care specifically? How did you find it? That's a good question. Actually, I needed to supplement my income from nonprofit work. And I went to work for somebody who sold long-term care. And I did it. I made phone calls for her for a while. And then I realized this is perfect. Such a great fit for you. I can do this. Yeah. Exactly. Well, wonderful. So, Tell us a little bit about long-term care. You know, I think there's a lot of confusion. Where does my health insurance leave off? Where does my long-term care kick in? What does it cover? Can you just educate us a little bit about what it's all about? Sure, absolutely. So it is the one thing that's excluded in anybody's actually, not just um, Medicare, but any kind of insurance policy for health that they have at an earlier age. It's, it's specifically excluded. It's considered to be custodial care on the whole, uh, you know, for the most part. And there's uh, an exclusion on all policies that say they do not take care of us if we need help with the activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, toileting, or if we grow forgetful. Right. What's the likelihood that in someone's lifetime they're going to need help with the acts of daily living? The likelihood that they will qualify to go on claim for long-term care is uh, when you hit the age of 65, it's 65%, and it grows from there. Yeah, so it's more likely that you will than that you won't. Right. 
And it's mainly because we're living to be so much older than we once did. If you know, if you died younger, you usually die more quickly. Exactly. So I bet if you wait till you're age 65 to get that insurance, it's probably not a good idea. So would you say your ideal candidate for purchasing long-term care insurance is at a different age? 65 is expensive, um, but it's still cost-effective. I would say at 70, it becomes more less cost-effective to buy it. But I, I think ideally, um, I bought it when I was young, 50s. So, but 40s, I have, um, I have a group that was uh, all neurologists, and they were in their 30s, and they have seen many people in their 30s that fell, had head injuries, and needed care. So, you know, so yeah, uh, 30s seems a little young, but 40s and 50s is ideal. Right. So if I purchase a long-term care policy like I did in my 40s, you know, how much of a savings would it be purchasing it so young and having it available to me versus if I did it later on? There's so many different factors in it. One is that these companies that offer long-term care come out with new plans all the time. It's never been less expensive when they come out with a new plan. So first of all, you can't gauge what would the price be when I'm age 65 if I purchased it, because it'll be a new plan. Right. But secondly, the cost of care is going up all the time. So you have to buy more dollars at an older age. And it's like a double whammy against you. So you're going to pay a lot more. And what if something happened to your health in the meantime? It's really not easy to get long-term care coverage. They, um, you have to be really healthy. Right. So, yeah. So I guess basically not only am I going to have better premiums and better protection long run, but I think what I hear you saying is that if I don't buy it when I'm younger and healthy and I try to get it once I need it, I might not be able to get a policy. Oh, if you needed it, you definitely aren't going to get it because when you go on claim, you quit paying the premiums. So yeah, no, very healthy. They get stricter and stricter as the years go on. Right. Um, do you think, what's the government doing about this, right? Because as you know, I mean, I'm in the Medicare business, so I know 10,000 people a day are turning 65. It's a really big segment out in the community. Baby boomers are have come, they're established, they're turning 65 in droves. And we know people are living, life expectancy is getting closer to 80 years versus the 63 it was when Medicare was established in the first place, right? So people are living these long lives. Right. What's the government doing about this? I mean, do you well, think- Well, they're getting they nervous happen? for one thing because, um, because of the number of people aging and the low percentage of people that have long-term care plans. So it's, um, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% of people that actually have long-term care wow. that are in the category of those that should. If you're, if you're really poor, you're not gonna buy long-term care coverage. You're gonna be taken care of by Medicaid or um, Medi-Cal in California. But in other, you know, but so the, the I would say each state is getting fairly nervous right now about the aging population without coverage. And I know the state of Washington just did something very quickly and it's just happening right now where they're going to tax every single person that has a W-2. Wow. So it doesn't matter if you're 30, 
years old or 20 years old or 70 years old, you're going to have a tax taken out of your income for this policy that Washington State is offering, which is really skimpy, not much of a plan, but they have a small window of opportunity to go out and buy real insurance. Um, so I'm, you know, and other states are considering this. Right. So basically, let me just make sure I've got it straight. So basically, as an example, Washington State, so I guess I, I guess what I'm seeing is the government does know this is a major problem, right? Because people are aging and they have no solution set up for themselves. They don't have a plan, let right. alone a long-term care plan. And so what's happening is the states and the federal government are ending up paying for this care for people to some degree. And so they realize and recognize that there's a need. And so what it sounds like what you're saying is, regardless I'm going to be taxed and pay for that, whether I'm going to end up living in that state or not. And it's a significant amount of money. And even if I did end up using it, it's not even a good coverage. I mean, that's what it sounds like you're saying. It's not a, it's not a real costly plan. It's 0.58 of their income. But if that isn't adequate, they'll, they will raise that. And of course, as people's income goes up through the years, it's going to be increased for them. So in the end, they're buying the same benefit, one year, $100 a day benefit. So very little, $36,000 worth of coverage, which we know will be used up in, you know. Would $100 a day be enough coverage for me in 20 years? $100 a day isn't enough right now. Wow. That's so basically paying for a plan that's not adequate that would need to be subsidized in the long run anyway. So I think I just want to make sure it's clear. So even in Washington state where they're already doing this, people have this option to opt out of the state program. How would they be able to opt out and have something better? What would they need to do? They need to, and there's specific guidelines of what they need to replace it, but they need to get a policy in place by November 1st. So the race is on, it's, um, it's crazy. It's wild out there. So it sounds to me like it would be important, especially with how this is going, you know, when you think about it nationally, it's more important than ever for people to be able to identify and buy the long-term policy that would meet their needs. Because I'd imagine that the prices are also gonna spike as people are needing it, it's gonna drive more demand and prices are gonna go up. So there's never, of course, if there was always a good time, but now I don't think there would ever be a better time That's to so go ahead true. and get that yeah. policy. You lock in a rate at your age. They can change if they change everybody in the state at one time and get the permission of the insurance commissioners. Um, but on the whole, I have plans that have never raised their rates through, you know, 20, 25 years. So, so it's pretty stable, typically, it sounds like, with what you've worked with. They've stabilized it. It was a fairly new product about 25 years ago. So um, it was a different world with interest rates much higher uh, than they are today. So these companies, a lot of them had uh, too much responsibility and, and actually didn't like long-term care. Got so it. They, yeah. So I'm just curious, I'll just say out there to the audience, put in the comments, do you have a long-term care policy already? Is this something you've even thought about? throw us a comment, throw Rebecca a like. You can certainly be able to contact her afterwards, but it sounds like it's super important 
Now, one of the things that happens in our business, Rebecca, is we work with a ton of Medicare beneficiaries. And typically people become eligible for Medicare when they turn 65 or sometimes they take their Medicare a little later because they were still working. But essentially that's the segment we're working with. And so I come across people literally every day that don't have a long-term care policy established. So I feel blessed that I get to see this and I understood between meeting you and seeing this how important it was for me to purchase long-term care and have this available for myself. But I really would like you to kind of comment a little bit because what I find is sometimes people don't have the resources to pay for long-term care, but they're not necessarily poor. So what happens is they end up exhausting all of their personal assets um, and all of their estate ends up going to pay for their long-term care and then eventually they get booted into Medicaid or Medi-Cal for low income. So people who've been used to maybe choosing their own providers or maybe making their own decisions about where they would go end up only having access to a limited number of facilities you know, with potentially questionable quality. And so I feel like there's this concept around people getting taken care of by the government, but really what it ends up being is Medicaid, low income, Medicaid in California, we call that Medi-Cal. And so I've seen desperate family members wishing they could change the situation for their family. And now they're stuck with these limited number of places they can go. I mean, is that something that you see? And is this another good reason to get long-term care, you know, in terms of making your own choices? Well, absolutely. If you want to leave an estate, if you want to live comfortably with peace of mind to your old age, is I would get, even if you can get a smaller plan and just, you know, you can co-insure with your smaller plan so that so that you can get some coverage at home or, uh, yes, because Medicaid, Medi-Cal, does not allow you to be paid for to go to an assisted living facility where they're quite nice. You're forced to go to a Medi-Cal facility which is a nursing home. And I've been to quite a few of them. They're all Medi-Cal people. And they, um, you know, I'm not saying their care is poor, but it's it's not a place you wanna be. Right. We do hear a lot of that. And that sounds like a scary situation, something that could be prevented by having a good plan in place and thinking about what to do, that type of thing. What do you say to people that say, well, long-term care is so expensive? What would you say to them? Well, it's sort of like I just said that I would say buy something that fits into your, um, into your budget so that you can still have vacations, you can still enjoy life, but you have that security of knowing you have some coverage that will help pay for care if it, it's, you know, if it happens. So so a smaller plan is better than no plan. It's also interesting right now is that there's a big, uh, a lot of popularity with what's called hybrid plans. And they include life insurance or long-term care, whichever comes first. So the main thing I hear is, what if I never need it? And of course, people don't say that about their homeowners or their auto insurance. You go, I you hope you never need hope it. hope you never need <laughs> right. it. Right. And, but if you did, you know, but the life insurance, uh, long-term care, they're becoming extremely popular. So if you need long-term care, they're long-term care. If you don't, your heirs 
or you don't need all of it for long-term care, then there's life insurance for your heirs. What a great idea. That I love the idea of the hybrid. I mean, I feel like that's true. It's like, well, gosh, it's a lot of money out front that I could be using right now for something else. Um, but at least then it feels more like an investment that's going to be used no matter what. So I like the idea that there's sort of a suite of options that could meet uh, various needs. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah, I agree. What do you say to people? I mean, I, I always think like, I mean, I my average life expectancy for my older relatives, I have many of them, one lived to 100 and many into their 90s, right? So I'm planning to live a good long time. And, you know, when I think about it, you know, like my grandmother, she really was the caregiver for her, for her husband, for her sisters. By the time she finally wasn't caring for anyone anymore, she was pretty much done, right? Exhausted from taking care of everyone all her, her life. And of course she wouldn't have done it any other way. You know, she loved everybody so much. And so a lot of people think that they're going to be relying on family members. I just thought maybe you could touch on, you know, things that really helped sell me, I guess, on getting long-term care was just, even if my daughter or my children want to take care of me and want to be there for me, just having some help with respite or support that can come in can make a really big difference. And so I thought maybe you could touch on how people are using their long-term care policy, not necessarily to just go live in a facility or have full-time care, but how it can really work in conjunction uh, with a family plan. Absolutely. So um, it's interesting because people without any children, they say, I don't know who would take care of me. And people with children say, I don't want my children to be the caregivers because <laughs> it's a different world than your grandmother's world, frankly, is that women are working. Women are having children at an older age. They're going to be raising their family. Their you know, two-income families are quite uh, visible. And so who can be the caregiver? And, you know, plus it really ages you to be a caregiver. If your spouse needs help and you're about the same age, it's not, it's detrimental to your own health to be the caregiver. It's right. psychologically and, um, and physically taxing to be a caregiver. So to have some help to be able to hire people, most people do stay home when they need care. So that's a huge uh, part of, of the long-term care world nowadays. And, and the plans include a care coordinator who's somebody local who knows all the resources in the community to help. They care, you know, whether you need medical alert systems, ramps or whatever to be able to stay home. They're all in on the plan to help you find care wherever you want to be. Right. It's almost like you build your own personalized care team, right? Team. Think, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I just feel like the majority of people I come across, they, they don't want to go live somewhere else. They do want to stay in their home uh, and they want to have help and they don't necessarily want to depend on their kids, just like it always happened before. But even if they did, or their kids were very supportive, just having some respite, having a care team, I just think that's a really big deal. So the work you do, Rebecca, is so important. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this message out and I know you've built a great business, but it's also 
pretty altruistic in terms of, you know, just bringing it back and, and all the good that you do. So I just thank you for what you're doing out there. You're oh, a great yeah. lady. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you just on a personal note, I mean, you work so hard. You're so dedicated to your clients. I know even me, you know, came to my home, you established the situation, you help explain all the different options. We put in an inflation rider. So we know we're protected for the long haul because we are younger in terms of purchasing long-term care. But when you're not working so hard, what do you like to do for fun? So, you know, um, I have quieted down a bit since COVID and, and I'm finding that there are a lot of things I enjoy about this. I have, uh, my garden is absolutely gorgeous. So my cat and I enjoy sitting out there. And also I learned Ayurvedic living and cooking and um, I've been doing Kundalini yoga, yoga and I, you know, just learning how to take care of me. <laughs> right. Sounds like you're putting yourself first and establishing self-care, which is so important. So tell me about, was it Kundalini yoga? Is that what you called it? What uh -huh. is that different from regular yoga? Well, it's more, um, I mean, there's physicalness to it, but it's more about the breathing. Um, so it's, uh, it's, 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 I would call it more relaxation yoga in some ways, but learning how to feed your body and calm your body. You had the person that was doing the tapping, right? Kind of in the line of the, uh, of that kind of healing mode, mode of Got it. Yoga. I just love talking with you about all this because you always are such a great representative of not only establishing a great business where you're helping people and supporting them and making sure they're taking care of for the long haul, but it's taking care of your own self, right? Making sure you're good and just talking with you is really calming. I know anybody I send your way, uh, they're going to get that same calming experience. You're so assured and help people and you, you do it without the regard for personal gain, right? You're really helping provide a roadmap. Uh, that gets them where they're going to go. So I just really appreciate that about you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for that. And Erin, I would like to say in return that you have taken such good care of me, Medicare-wise, and my clients. I've referred people that have had Medicare for years, and they saved a ton of money by going with you. So, I mean, it's it's just a great relationship. I really appreciate you, too. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I think the like minds, uh, we join up together. So now you've got a lot of experience in life, in long-term care, everything. I always like to reflect on our show here and just say, you know, if you were to look back and you talked to, you had a conversation with 30-year-old Rebecca, what would that conversation look like? What advice would you give to yourself? I would say, calm down, it's all going to work out. <laughs> Aaron, calm down. Uh, for sure. So I like it. Perfect. Of course, I'm a little older than 30, but I still need the message. Um, that's great advice, right? And just, just kind of knowing that no matter what it is, it's going to resolve itself, right? And uh, stay calm. And, and you're living that with your lifestyle. So I appreciate that guidance. Thank you. So, Rebecca, I'm so appreciative to have you join us today. You're so amazing. I'd really like you to let everyone know if they want some advice on long-term care or consultation, what's the best way to reach you? So call me. I'm, um, I'm here in Marin, but um, I, I have license in other states as well. So my phone number is 415-883-2636.
or you can email me and it's rjbrumba at gmail.com. Wonderful. Yeah, either way. Give Rebecca a call. Uh, Give her an email. Uh, She will do a personal consult. I know she did that for me and also for my husband. We feel very well taken care of. We feel very well educated on how important it is uh, to get long-term care at an early age. And for everybody out there that's listening, I just want to appreciate your time today. If you're excited about what you learned, uh, please tell us. Throw us a like. Thank Rebecca. Uh, Thank you, Erin. We're so glad to have you along here today, Rebecca. And thank you you to all of our audience. Thank you for supporting us uh, as we look to grow. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.